Today's uh, scripture text comes from Exodus chapter 32, verses 19 through 20. Exodus 32, 19 through 20. Hear now the inspired words of God. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and he burned it. Then he ground it into powder, threw it into the water, and forced the people to drink it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Out in the desert, without a leader, I was terrified. I couldn't sleep. I'd look at my children and I'd think, have I brought them out here to die? We had a leader. His name was Moses. He said he was coming back, but he had been gone over a month, and the mountain that he was on, it looked like it was on fire. I didn't know if he was coming back. Maybe he died up there. Worse yet, I felt so powerless. I mean, I'm a grown person. I, I used to know how to do what was asked of me. Make the bricks. Build the cities. It was horrible, but I knew the shape of it. I knew what was ahead, even if it was terrible. And then we got out to the desert, and our leader left, and I felt like everything in my life that I knew how to do just blew away like the dust. So here I am, an adult, feeling like a child. Just completely powerless, completely afraid of what's next, not even knowing how to lead my family. It's not like I'm alone. Just ask anybody. I hear the whisperings. I hear the murmurings. At first they had sounded wrong, but they started to sound right. And so several of us leaders in the community, we got together. We decided we were going to do something. And we went to that guy, Aaron, Moses' brother. He's the high priest. And we told him he needed to help us. Just give us something we could see. It wasn't like we were abandoning God. We weren't doing that. We just, we needed something we could see. And so Aaron, he says, go get gold. So we did it. We pulled off bracelets and earrings, and we dug in our secret supplies, and we all brought our gold. It was a lot. And Aaron, he took it, and he showed us what he had made. It was good. It was a golden calf. That felt right. Because that looked like the Egyptian god Apis, the god of strength and fertility, there's anything that I needed right now with some strength. And so Aaron says, hey, tomorrow it's going to be a festival to the Lord. And we're like, yeah, and that calf. Only once the calf was there and we had started, it, it didn't really feel like strength. But it felt like forgetting. Forgetting the horrible past, forgetting how uncertain this day was, forgetting what was ahead and all the obstacles there, just forgetting. 
And I'll admit it wasn't as much like worship as it was like a huge party. We kept the kids away. But it felt really good to forget. That's the attitude that God's people had led them to forget and worship a calf. They forgot. They forgot the miracles, the plagues, the deliverance. They forgot how all the Egyptian livestock died and theirs lived. They forgot how the Egyptians lost their firstborn, but God protected them. They forgot how the Red Sea parted. They forgot that there was water flowing from rocks in the desert. They forgot the manna on the ground. They forgot God. And they forgot who God had called them to be. They forgot. And I know that if you're anything like me, you think, how with all that you had seen could you worship a calf? I imagine when Moses got back, they were asking themselves that very question. Because right when the party is in full swing, the bender is really going on, Moses comes back. And he hadn't forgotten who God was. And he hadn't forgotten who God called the people to be. He is furious. He's holding the Ten Commandments written on stone tablets by the finger of God. And when he sees the, God's people worshiping a calf, bowing down to this idol, he's so enraged, he throws the tablets on the ground and they smash into a million pieces. Everybody freezes. And then he marches right into the center of the party to find Aaron. And he says, what have you done? Aaron says, oh, it's not me. It was these people. You know they're terrible people. And it was the calf. It just jumped out of the fire. He really does say that. Moses says, and he goes up to the calf and he knocks it over. It falls onto the desert floor with a clunk and it just lays there. This God that the people had made, it just lays there. And then he has them drag it into one of their bonfires and throw it into the heart of the fire. And the people watch as the calf begins to melt. Golden tears running down its face, powerless in the fire, until it's just this lump of slag Everybody slinks back off to their tents. That's not the end of it. In the morning, Moses pulls the charred remains of the golden calf out, and he has the people grind it up and put it in their water supply. All the gold dust, all the powder of that evil sin into the drinking water. Talk about a strange drink. Imagine being one of those people and and waking up after your worst, most sinful, most evil day, and seeing that God has still covered the ground with manna. Picking it up. 
and then going to get some water and setting it before your family, drinking, eating it yourself, the taste, the sweetness of the bread of heaven, and then the evil that I have done. Imagine giving that to your children, saying, this is the inheritance I'm giving you. This is the evil that is now yours because of what I did as your parent. Day after day after day, until that gold dust and that slag was gone, the people drank the golden calf. And in the end, the calf was covering the desert floor in little holes dug, covered up by human excrement. That's what happened to the golden calf. Now you'd think if you were made to drink your sin and to feed it to your children, that would be a lesson that you'd, th you'd remember and that when you got to another point where you were afraid, you would say, I don't want to do that again. But one of the saddest things about this story is it didn't seem to change the people's hearts for long. You know, they reformed for a little bit, but by the time God gets them, it wasn't that long, to the doorway of the promised land. And God says, yes, it's unknown over there, but I'm telling you it's good. And yes, there is opposition, but I'm telling you, I'll be with you and you've got it. Have faith, look at me, move ahead. The people go, ah, I can't do it. It's too terrifying. Haven't learned a single thing. And they say, just, we need to go back. We want to go back to Egypt. So they're... That whole generation is the generation that wanders around in the desert until their natural lives are over and their kids can try to answer the question that they keep failing to answer with faith. And that question is, forward into the unknown with God or wander in a desert with your own sin and your own unfaithfulness and fear. And so I wonder if they couldn't get that lesson, then maybe, well, not maybe, but God put this story in the Bible for us for a reason. And so if their lesson can keep us from disaster, then we need to learn from it. We need to learn how we can avoid this. And I think for a long time I would think, well, I am personally in no danger of making a golden calf, right? You, my people, are personally in no danger of literally fashioning an idol and then bowing to it. And then I realized as I read this passage more, as I studied it in seminary, that it wasn't that the people were abandoning God and choosing a calf necessarily. It was that they wanted both. So the day that they worshipped the golden calf, that morning they made sacrifices, burnt offerings, and peace offerings to God. You can read that in the scripture. So they worshipped God in the morning. And then in the afternoon and the evening, they were worshiping the calf. The sin of idolatry isn't, I'm choosing this instead. It's, I, okay, God, you, yes, for the Red Sea, but the calf because I'm feeling jittery. God had said to the people, I want every bit of your heart, soul, and strength. Love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, everything. And time and time again, what we see Israel doing is not that they are, they are saying, God, forget you. They're saying, okay, yes, and. Worship God and pray to the God of the harvest. 
that the Canaanites worship. Worship God and Apis, who's the Egyptian fertility god. Worship God and this other god over here. Because the Egyptians had a pantheon. There was a god for every need. So the soup that they had been in was, hey, there's gods for all these different things. And then creator God says, no. Everything you are to me, your whole trust, to me. So Israel continually would say, you, God, and. And I feel like that's where we fall into that temptation too. Yes, God. I love you. I'm worshiping you. And this afternoon, I'm going to go read my horoscope to see what the stars say. Do they agree? Yes, God. But just in case there's a superstition, I'm going to knock on wood. Yes, God. But I'm going to make some powerful friends just in case. Yes, God but let me go check my bank account and make sure that I can cover that if your plan goes wrong. Now, there's lots of things in our life that are really good things that are meant to be a blessing. And we've talked about how planning and using your mind, that is how God created us. God created us to use our brains to plan and to think ahead. It's not bad. In fact, some of the things that can become idols in our lives, they're not evil, they're meant to be blessings. It's just we can't put our trust, our heart, soul, and strength in them. That's when they become an idol. And so think about it like this. Has there ever been a Sunday where you thought there's a really cool game on TV? Or a really cool exhibition or show or something opening early? And if I go to church, I'm going to miss that. So I just won't go. Or have you ever had a day, I know I've had a day where I just think I was too busy to really have a good prayer time with God, to read my Bible, I was too busy today. Were you too busy to watch TV? Were you too busy to be on social media? Were you too busy to play a game on your phone or do a round of golf? had people tell me that they have friends who are longing for a connection with God, who believe that God exists, but they say they won't come to church because they're afraid God wants their money. Friends, we, even today, are in danger of creating idols, of worshiping God in the morning and this afternoon, making a calf out of some part of God's creation that was meant to bring us joy, but that was not meant to be a God in our lives. And so what we have to do is we have to just say, when I'm afraid, right, when I don't know about the future, that's when an idol is going to slip in. And your bank account or um, your status at work or something's going to say, well, trust me, you know, you've got a lot of good skills. Let's put our faith in that. I had this lady come up to me today, and she said, I lost my job this week. She said, I thought a lot of terrible things, but eventually I just came, and I sat at the church, and I prayed. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to support my daughter. I, help me. And she said, I had to wait a little bit. She didn't have to wait as long as some of us. God really was on that. But she's like, I got a job offer, and it's more of what I love than before. And I said, That's ex you did the exact thing, is that when we're afraid, we 
look to God and we say, I'm terrified here. We come to our church and we talk to our friends and we say, I'm struggling. We admit it. We don't try to say, oh, it's all fine. No, I'm really struggling. Would you pray with me? Could I tell you about this? See, if the Israelites had done that, just think. They're terrified, right? They, they don't know where Moses has gone. What could they have done that would have been more healthy than making an idol? Well, they could have started talking to each other, and instead of saying, I don't know what's going on here, and I don't know where Moses has gone, and blah, 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 they could have said, let's talk to each other about what God has seen us through. Do you remember that plague of gnats? Do you remember when all the livestock died but ours lived? Oh, I'm so glad my children are alive. Do you remember that plague and how God had us put the blood on our doorposts and the angel of death passed us by? Oh, do you remember standing at the Red Sea and we thought we were dead? And then God tore the water apart. Do you remember walking through the water? Let's go over and sit by the rock that's bubbling up water so we can drink it. Let's go sit there and say, okay, if God can do this, then God can do whatever's next. Let's go out every day and gather up manna. I always, I'm amazed because it said, the Bible says God was there in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. So if you're having an anxious evening and you can't get to sleep, why not just look outside your tent and be like, there's a pillar of fire over there. I think it's going to be okay. Right? So let's tell each other. Let's tell stories about miracles. Let's tell stories about this young woman who prays and God answers just like that to encourage each other when we're afraid to not make an idol out of something that's just a thing in this world. It's passing, but to look to the eternal. Let's encourage each other. Let's be here for each other. Let's look to God and let's stand firm. Let's not be the kind of people who come here and worship in the morning and then make a golden calf this afternoon. No. God asks for heart, soul, and strength. All that we are. All that we are to God. He will never leave you. He will always see you through. God is more than enough. Let's pray. Lord, all of us can taste on our tongues the burned up powder of our own sins, the gods that we have tried to make because we were afraid or because we were confused or because we were angry. And we are so sorry. Forgive us for putting anything, any event, any person, any possession of ours in the place that is only yours, Lord. Forgive us. Give us a fresh start. And when we are afraid and some possession or something or some person uh, whispers to us, trust me, help us to hear your louder voice to trust you. And may we give you all that we are, heart, soul, and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.